Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. Uh, If you're catching up with this uh, two-part series, today is the bitch talk part of the interview with the Curtis Family C-Notes. If you're familiar with them, you've probably seen them on uh, America's Got Talent. They are uh, competing in season 16, which is happening right now. So if you're not following along, please go watch them and also follow them on Instagram. But if you haven't heard the first part of this interview, please go back to Wednesdays. It's uh, We did a cross-collaboration with Storied San Francisco, and you'll hear uh, a lot of their San Francisco story and just their, their origin stories with Jeff Hunt, who is the host of that show. And uh, if you didn't know, he's my fiancé, too. Yep, we're that couple. But in this episode, this is all bitch talk, and it's me, because Ange is uh, actually down in L.A. right now, and she couldn't make it. But uh, it's me and the kids and Mama C and Papa C talking a lot of fun stuff. So enjoy part two with the Curtis Family C-Notes, and thanks for listening. You define you. And that is, I, I still struggle with those things because he, even the children will be like, Mommy, you deserve that. No, you're not putting anyone out. That's what you deserve. And I... I believe strongly that even with like America's Got Talent and a lot of the things that that we're receiving, um, my children even like to say, "Don't confuse the universe, Mom. You don't want to confuse the energy. Mm. You accept it." Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's been one of the greatest lessons for my husband and my children. And that's what's been great about doing music as a family is that. What we teach them, they are, they hold us up to the same standard. So we have this great thing of the Curtis principles. Okay. What are they? Can you guys say them? Oh. Pay attention, be prepared, be prepared never, never give up, show up, produce. So Boom. like one of our, I know I might be shifting topic, but no, before our, our live stream, um, one day we were all kind of, we were all like, we felt like we were rushing and it felt like everyone was getting frustrated. And I was like, look guys, it was, we, we, we go live at 7.30. And um, it was like 7.25 and look guys, let's just not do it. We, we don't have to do it. And then Niall said, the show must go on. Yes. Never give up. Yes. Niall. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and on that day of that live, it actually turned out really great. Yeah, yeah. that was like one of our greatest lives. Well, there you go. <laughs> so um, that's been, it, what's been really great is us on this adventure as a family is that we can depend on one another. Mm-hmm. My husband and I, we, we talk about things with them. I mean, I wasn't raised with like being part of the conversation. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, this is grown folks. You don't. Mm-hmm. You um, even go in a room where grown folks. Yeah. Were, right? You would get a whipping for that. Yeah. Right, right. What you doing in here? <laughs> yeah. But and we, any one of them could whip you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we make sure that we include the children in our in our decisions. I mean, granted, Papacy and I will talk about things first, and but we do discuss how to present the issue to the children but we want them to feel like because our decisions do affect them mm-hmm. so even embarking on this family band situation and then even on the show it's like do you guys want to do this because we are going to have to go to L- you know right we had to disclose these things with them but yeah. to wrap it all up a big part of my story is that me becoming a mother has really helped me evolve into the person that I am as with all mothers but mm-hmm. I feel like they are the biggest reflection of myself mm. and they're also if I see things that are like ooh let me check Kiki on that they'll remind me well that's your mini <laughs> Let's, maybe you should take care of that yourself too so um, 
even with music, I see a lot of the commonalities there. So it's like, if I check her, I got to check myself. And then I also have to say, you know what, Kiki, mommy struggles with that. We can work on it together. Mm. And that's been a blessing. I feel like I went a whole different, a lot of different uh, no, no. with no, my no, Let me just say something about Absolutely. my wife. And I, I need to yes. say this about her. She is a beautiful person. Mm -hmm. You know, she, she, she has a lot of heart. Mm -hmm. She's pleasing to look at. And she's the same inside. Mm. She has her faults like anyone else. And fortunately, I'm a little older. I'm able to impart a little bit more wisdom when it comes to that. But she's awesome. And her awesomeness can be so giving that I have to like reel her back in. <laughs> right. Wait a minute, hold on now. Yep. You're giving a little because you can make yourself vulnerable in that way. Mm -hmm. I grew up doing that, but I had to learn that the hard way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I've had all this time to figure things out, and I'm able to give that to her because I lost my mother that way. Mm. My mother gave everything that she had and until she couldn't give anymore, and then she was just taking advantage of so much and used so much that she was misused. Mm. And we're all here on this planet to use each other, but not misuse yeah. each other. Yeah. And so it took me the longest to allow people to give to me as well. Mm -hmm. But I had to realize, if I didn't learn anything else from the religious aspect, because I'm not religious by any stretch of the imagination, mm -hmm. but what has happened with religion that I did learn that I was able to take away is, if you don't allow someone to give to you, that's selfish. Mm -hmm. Because you're cutting off their blessing. Mm -hmm. You're cutting off their connection with you and feeling like they're giving to you instead of always you wanting to be the one to be the giver. And so I learned that through my mother's death. And I was bitter for a long time. And then I started seeing it in my wife. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I had to come up out of that situation and through watching her, it healed that part in me to no longer think that way. And so it's just been this, um, this beautiful ride with this family, you know. Um, and, you know, I, I had to put that in there because it's like, she's, a lot of times she's so down on herself. And it's like, no, you, you, you're an awesome you human it. being. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Should we hear from the kids? Yeah. Yes. Remember Let's, to talk, are all y'all all born in San Francisco? Or? Yes. Yeah. Okay. SF born and raised. So my name is Zahara, and I am 16. Oh, um, my name is Niall Curtis, and I am 15 years old. Hello, my name is uh, Isis Curtis, and I am 14 years old. My name is Kiki Curtis, and I am 13 years old. My name is Phoenix Curtis, and I'm 10 years old, and I'm turning 11 in July this year. Oh, happy early birthday, Phoenix. <laughs> Anyone can answer this, but for the band, was it like a singular, we're going to start a band, or did it evolve over time? Y'all grew up with music all around you, I'm guessing. Yes. Right? Instruments uh, and music to play, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it kind of evolved so the kids like isis like everybody I, we know, were one band at first and mom and dad had their own band which was soul funkestra okay and we were the c notes at the time ah. um well let's go i think we should go all the way back let's do so it. um for you know, this is Zahara, and uh, for me, my first time for like doing music was when I was seven, and I play and I sang at Yoshi's. Oh yeah. Um, when it was here in the city. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But now right where it's mm -hmm. called, it's called the audition, right? The audition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the audition. Um, and then I took a break from music, and um, I just started watching my parents. Uh, perform with their band jazz hieroglyphics mm -hmm. um no no before this is before this is before and i started <laughs> and i am and then i started getting back into music when 
when I went to Everett, mm-hmm. um, this was when I was 12, there was like a ukulele program. Oh, yeah. And I, and I, when I first went there, I fell in love with the ukulele, started playing all the time. I bugged my mom about it for like the longest time until she got me <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> and then we started doing like talent shows over there for some time. And then with after, your friend, with your friends at school, with my friends mm-hmm. and uh, the teacher, I think her name is Miss Susie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, um, and then after that, after after that, it like for it went on for a year, and then it didn't like continue, and so um, I started doing it on my own. And then Luch uh, was at the house, um, and at that time there were like a lot of instruments still at the house, mm-hmm. so. When I got bored of the ukulele, I started picking up the guitar. Mm-hmm. I started playing covers and all that. Yeah. And then after that, I started bringing some of my siblings to like come and play with me. Well, we didn't have an assigned instrument, so I would make, so we would just like, um, I would make them like go and pick out whatever which one. Depending on the day. Yeah, depending. <laughs> yep. And so Isis got on the drums me. for sure. And then yep. she just started singing. Did you like it, Isis, the drums? I right love away? the drums. Yeah. Yeah. I love the drums. They're fun, mm-hmm. huh? They're super fun. And, if I may, hell of important. Yes. <laughs> For the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. And then um, Kiki picked up the guitar. I was gonna Phoenix picked up the piano. And then Niall actually picked up with the guitar because we had multiple guitars in mm-hmm. the house. Mm-hmm. But then my dad, he was like, we need a bass player, mm-hmm. so I'm going to assign you to be the bass. Also bassist. very important to the and band. And then he, he loved that even more. All wow. of us, we play uh, multiple instruments now. Okay. And my brother, he does too, but he's like, I'm the bass man. I'm going to just stick with this for now. And, yep. and then I'll move on. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. But one thing I have to say is that I think it's, interesting that I picked up the guitar and I'm left-handed. Mm-hmm. Identify I, yourself. Oh, I'm Kiki. That's okay. Right now. Um, Did you pick up a right-handed guitar and play it oh, left-handed? No, it was, oh, it yeah. was actually a Because that's right-handed. what Jimi Hendrix did. It worked for him. Yeah. She plays that. I know how to play it upside down now. There you go. <laughs> um, but I think it's weird that I, uh, not weird, but it's interesting that a left-handed person like picked up the guitar i don't know why it's just not there's not a lot of left-handed guitarists mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah we have the hardest time picking out a left-handed guitar for her because mm-hmm. there were none. none in guitar center <laughs> right so <laughs> yeah so i'm actually left-handed oh okay and i can play it but because i can't feel these fingers right. it just feels way too weird doing yeah. that yeah and i also can't feel the inside of this thing so it's 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 a little weird. So when she picked up the, the guitar and started playing, and it actually goes back a little more than that, but I'm gonna let them keep going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my dad is actually left-handed, but ever since that injury, he became like ambidextrous, right. like by force. Right. So. Um, force. force. <laughs> no, it's because he couldn't use it. I know. But um, yeah, that's pretty much how it started, and then it became the C notes. All of the siblings be- that became a band. And was that already like you two on guitar, drums, bass, keys? Yeah. That was okay. The same c- configuration we usually see with yeah. all y'all. And I remember our first song that we did as a, our a sibling band was a Jefferson Airplane song, uh, White Rabbit. White Rabbit. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isis local, was singing. Local band. Yep. And Isis go. was singing and playing the drums. And we had right like. On. The best time. Thank we you. even have a picture of that day. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, it was on AGT. Yeah, it was funny. Was we didn't know. I didn't think ISIS was gonna be on the drums, but Papacy and I were in the room talking, and then we literally heard White Rabbit, and I, we walk in the living room, and ISIS is singing and playing it. Okay. And we we, sh- we never taught her like the pattern. Never she just taught took, her anything. She just I guess figured it out. And we were like, oh my gosh, Isis is singing the lead and playing drums, which is difficult. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was interesting. And that song came about was because all the time when we were driving uh, to school, my parents would always play like old songs, like, like from the Drifters, the Spinners, Jefferson Airplane, 
um, Journey, Mills, Mills Brothers, like everything. So Sly and Family Stone. Sly and Family Stone. I know, I've heard y'all play them. Sure. Oh, yeah. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Especially oh, yeah. my dad's favorite, Glenn Jones and Peebo Rice. <laughs> that was always played Ooh. in the car. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, so we always had these songs, like, in our mind. But for some reason, that one clicked for us because it was like we could play that. Yeah. And... Yeah, I think it was just super was, simple to begin with. We loved Alice in Wonderland when we were kids. Yeah, and, but we didn't really know what that was about. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know what the song was about. You learn later. Or the movie. You learn later. Yeah, yeah we learn later. <laughs> it's a good story when you don't know too. Yeah. <laughs> when you're innocent. You don't yeah. And now all the instruments. I'm Phoenix, and now all the instruments that we play. Uh, I'm Phoenix, and I play the bass, guitar, violin, piano, and the drums. Right on. Yeah. Uh, I play the bass. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, Mark Gangham on the drums. Okay. <laughs> Another Same rhythm instrument, s- right? Yeah, very yeah. slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I play guitar and violin and the drums. Okay. Yeah, and I'm Zahara. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm Kiki, and I play piano, and I'm the left-handed guitarist of the group. Yeah, you are. Um, I'm Isis. I play the drums as my main instrument. But I also play the piano, the kalimba, and the ukulele. Um, the drums were my was my first instrument, but now the kalimba is starting to become my favorite. Mm. I just love to play it. Awesome. Do you all sing both backup and lead, or yes. is it yes. all yes, of sir. you? Yes, sir. Everyone. Okay. And, and you know, I'm glad you brought that up. They all sing lead, and this was purposeful. <laughs> Um, in the arrangement of the music is that I didn't want my wife and I, uh, like say I, we never wanted the focus to be on any one person. And there's something about the visual when you see that. I grew up when groups would finish, like a lead singer, another singer would come in and actually finish his phrasing. Mm. I always thought that, that was cool. It was mm-hmm. like, you'd hear Eddie Levert and then Walter Williams would like, mm-hmm. you'd be on focused on him and then you don't see his lips moving and then all of a sudden <laughs> he's finishing the phrase. Yeah. I always thought that that was real cool. Yeah. And so I always wanted to figure out how I could um, create that. Well, it was natural in, in being a, a so-called jazz musician, mm-hmm. playing in all these jazz bands because that's what we do when we're soloing, you know? So that was what I always wanted, and I never wanted the focus to be on any one individual so that people could single this person out and say, that's the leader of the group. We're all the leader of the group. Awesome. Yeah, for a lot of people, that they'll always try to like see who's like, they, who they think is the star in the group, and um, which, to be frank, everybody's a star in this group. Yeah, and Love um, it. and I feel like it's sometimes people, like people do intentionally, but sometimes not intentionally because throughout um, history, a lot of uh, bands and and uh, a lot of musicians, they would always be like a main lead singer, mm-hmm. like, so, Mike, like Michael Jackson and the Jackson Five, or yeah. the. Um, Diana Ross. Yeah, Diana Ross and the Supremes. Which used to be like the Supremes in general. Mm -hmm. And then it turned into the Diana Ross and the Supremes. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually Diana Diana Ross. Ross. (laughs) I'm Erin Lim. I used to play violin. I used to play piano. And I used to skate. Um, I'm just vibing off of what you guys were doing earlier. but yeah, I, I, I did a lot of research this morning about y'all, and, and like Jeff said, I, I found y'all on Instagram, and I, it was either through Sheila E. or it was through Black San Francisco. I don't know which Instagram account, but you guys blew me away, and I'm so excited to have you here and to, to actually see you in person. So in real life, is really cool. Um, but I wanted to talk to the kids, because each of you in your bios talk about astrophysics, uh, chemical physics, uh, aspiring physicists, and uh, what was there one more? Can you can you talk about this this fascination with physics? Because I don't have it in my in my vocabulary at all. So, please. So, 
This is Phoenix. Yes. And the youngest, how, correct? Yes. Yes. How I got into liking astrophysics and all physics in general. Um, so it was through Neil deGrasse Tyson. And then after I saw, I, I was watching a star talk with my family. Um, I went to go look at some stuff on the computer. And then I started. Uh, and then we started buying like space and universe and physics games and then i used to play with those a lot and then there's this one it's a matching game and it's my favorite because it has uh all the matching cards and a book of all the facts of the planets or stars or dwarf planets (laughs) um and I think my favorite one would be the solar flare, which is something that is on the sun. It looks like a little handle, but um, it can cause blackouts across the whole entire Earth. And yeah, it's my favorite. (laughs) So uh, this is Kiki, and it was also, for me, it was also Neil deGrasse Tyson. Like, we used to watch, um, what's it called, his show... Cosmos uh, when I was really young and I also loved science and I also thought it was cool that we saw like a person that looks like us Mm -hmm. like a black man on TV (laughs) who talks about uh, science and like it was just cool because I don't know I just really love science and I thought it was just something I just really wanted to just I just love it (laughs) I love it but you guys should talk about tree fog treks I was I wasn't as long as you guys because so you guys would have like more experience to talk about. Yeah, I was more in soda. Well, for the physics, life sciences, it still Um, counts. Um. Well, let's start off. Well, I started liking physics. Well, just because I just want to know what how everything worked. Mm. It was kind of kind of bothered me that I didn't know. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> me too. Yeah, yeah it, same. It kind of annoyed me, and plus, just like learning about it, I really liked crafting. So I really wanted to know like what physics, like um, the laws of physics, can do in order for me to like invent things. And um, it's partly why I also got into uh, fashion as well, because I want to combine those two, um, those two um, topics, physics, physics and fashion, and uh, just um, maybe start like a brand in the future when I get older. Um, I'm Niall, and my f- uh, fascination of physics kind of started like the rest of them. Uh, with Neil deGrasse, deGrasse Tyson, but I uh, think uh, Marvel and like comics use a ton of physics <laughs> terms like so incorrectly, and I just want to oh. know what they mean. Like, you, like, uh, <laughs> like they're made up. They're just all yeah, made they up just words. Use, they just use the words. They don't know what they mean, and they like use it wrong. So you're saying they're not like cross-referencing. That's what you're saying. There's no fact checking yeah. in Marvel. Okay, yeah. maybe that's a job that you can. They'd probably yeah. pay pretty well. I think they're uh, getting better at that now because Neil deGrasse Tyson. Good he's good. been he's been checking them. So good. Yeah, he's been exposing them, and those are like my favorite when he exposes like um, these like science fiction movies. So yeah. it was it was really funny. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. Isis, did you want to add anything? Oh yeah. To that? Um, when I started like getting interested in like physics, I don't think it was like uh, while we were watching Cosmos or Neil deGrasse Tyson. I think it was when I started getting into photography, mm, yeah. and I have my own camera now. Um, oh. okay. uh, when I when I started taking pictures, and then I never knew there were filters before in like in camera in cameras or in a phone. So when when I when my dad t- told me about like how back in the day there were dark rooms mm-hmm. I yeah I said back in the day for a reason. <laughs> 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 um well um I I wanted a dark room so if we were to ever get a bigger house 
I always wanted to experiment with nuclear physics mm. with a dark room, and I wanted to see what effect I could get with the photos. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if really that's going to... Yeah. yeah, the way you said it, like, I was like, yeah. frightened. <laughs> frightened. I still think it'd be fun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Theoretically, yes. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Um, that's an yeah, yeah. one, you know, you didn't because... Know. Photography and nuclear physics. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, that's he that's pretty heavy. That's um, beyond. And, and I think because she's saying it, someone's probably either doing it or going to do it. Yeah, she might be sitting right here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I kind of have a silly question, but I, I do want to talk a little bit about um, America's Got Talent. And yeah, we've never watched it, so thank you. We'll be watching it. Um, it. But, you know, between Simon Cowell, Sophia, Howie Mandel, and by, by the way, did the children know that Howie, who Howie Mandel yeah. was? Yeah, and, that he, mm -hmm. and that he had hair? He used to have hair? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He used to have I hair. never knew he had hair. <laughs> yeah. It, I can't imagine him with hair. Google it. Wait, you guys we saw a magazine. Do you, yeah. Are you talking about a goatee or the hair? Oh, no, no. His hair. Like he, he had, he had hair a lot like of, Yeah, no, he had a lot of hair. Like, like, a lot of hair. Like mullet. Like this. Yeah. With yeah. a, with a, what do you call it? A mullet. I could yes, never imagine he did. That. A short mullet. Yeah. Yes. That's I could right. only imagine him bald. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, did he used oh. to have a show called Howie or something? Yes, like, he had like a talk show. Yeah, yeah, talk show. yeah but and you guys know about Bobby's World. Bobby's World. Yeah, oh. I mean, I grew up with Bobby's World. We've actually watched yeah. it when we were younger. Yeah, you guys watched yeah, it. How, Howie's a handsome dude. And he used yeah. to be on, uh, what is it, St. Elsewhere? Or? Yes, in yeah. the 80s. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He had a serious career. With Denzel Washington. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But, and Terry Crews, I don't know if I, I mentioned him, but it seems like every all of those folks really enjoyed your performance. Do you have a, a favorite out of that? Uh, oh, are you allowed to say? Oh, no, no. Can you? Yeah, Terry, Terry, Terry. We, we love Terry. Yeah, yeah. like, in oh. Everybody Hates Chris. I, are you like, well, bit. he was funny. Well, let me see. The, the thing is, is I'm not, I'm not too, I guess I'm horrible with anything post-90s. Um, with television, mm. so with like movies, how I know of Terry Crews was idi Idiocracy, mm. and I just thought he was hilarious and that he yes. made that film. And then that's when my husband and I were like, okay, we gotta just try to find as many things that he's on. And um, when it comes to television, it's kind of hard because we don't watch a lot of television. I love like rewatching Frasier or, <laughs> right. like, yeah, or Frasier. Cheers or like. Everybody's a Frasier fanatic. Yeah, we house. love Frasier. So it's like if I'm gonna relax, it's that or I'll watch K-dramas. Oh. But um, Terry Crews is really like, when he makes cameos and things, that's also my favorite. Like when he was in Bridesmaids in that opening scene. So right. for us, when we met Terry Crews, we didn't even know he was the host. We didn't know anything about anything about America's Got Talent, but and we didn't want to like Google anything because we didn't. Smart. We wanted to go in there fresh. But when we walked in and we saw him, we were like, "Oh my gosh, we're gonna talk to you!" And even the producers were looking at us like we're from Mars. We're like, <laughs> and we're like, we told you we don't we don't watch this. But I felt like Terry and his wife they have five children, oh. and I felt like Terry and my husband, they kind of connected because it felt like, you knew him. We, like, yeah, like they knew each other. But, but he gets you guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I felt like his reaction backstage was amazing. And then when we walked off and I saw him crying, that made me cry. Right. And then we were all crying. It was just a tears fest. Like, <laughs> and there was an act waiting to go on and they were crying. And oh. I was, so it was, um, what was really funny is that being a part of this season and watching it, we feel like it's probably one of the last family shows. Hmm. It's wholesome because a lot of times when we're watching things, and that's why we watch Korean dramas or things from other countries, because I feel like we can watch it as a family. I don't have to like close their eyes or, or just cringe like, oh my gosh, I'm watching this with my children weird. But... Um, Watching this this season and it being the first time we're watching, I feel like it's like, oh wow, this is 
fun. Like I can talk about the acts with the children mm -hmm. and we can talk about what we liked with, you know, oh, you like that person. Well, this was my favorite or mm -hmm. I don't have a favorite. And I find that very, very special. But for me, at least you guys can talk about you your favorites. Have... Terry was probably oh, one me. of the greatest experiences. <laughs> for me, it was also Terry Crews. And uh, I was even more happy because I remember I used to see him in like, old spice commercial like those mm -hmm. head yeah, yeah like those commercials where he was extreme like he would like break in the wall and he was like yeah. hey here's some old spice <laughs> and like uh i also uh i actually like i watched like some episodes of everybody hates chris mm -hmm. and he played the dad i think his name was julius like the, i forgot but um um uh yeah I, I watched him in that and it was funny so i was even more happy but i was chill, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were chill. I technically don't have favorites. Um, That's great. Also, just so then nobody gets mad at me. But right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, but I can I can say when I did see Terry Crews uh, during the interview time, if they were to show the entire interview, my face I was like cheesing. <laughs> my I would not stop smiling. Like it was a lot. My face hurt after I left. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was amazing to see him and he had like the nicest green shoes i've ever seen <laughs> yeah. just wanted to say that well yeah wait now do you want to say something uh, I, to say something. I personally don't have a favorite but he had some nice shoes so <laughs> I, <guess so. laughs> I like that answer i'm phoenix and my favorite person that we met so terry is my favorite okay <laughs> and isis hasn't gone oh well um I'd say it was Terry Crews and Simon Cowell. One wow. Terry Crews, he's like such, he has such good vibes like mm -hmm. in general when you see him on TV, but it's like so much better when you meet him yeah, in person. Glad. You're like, is this an angel? <laughs> it's an angel with no wings. <laughs> and then for Simon Cowell, um, if he see if he hears this, I'm so sorry. I, I still love you, but he was like he used to be like mm -hmm. a jerk in the other yes. TV shows. Yeah, <laughs> but it was it, that it was, was his persona. It, mm -hmm. it was his honest opinion. But when he got when he had kids, he like it d his rudeness diluted. Mm. <laughs> he softened a yeah, little bit. Yeah, it softened. softened. But it made sense because like sometimes <laughs> like. It was like really messed up most of the time, but like sometimes he would just like it's his honest opinion, mm -hmm. and sometimes he's right. Like there's this one guy playing, I don't know what's it called, accordion. Yeah, and then uh, they all loved him, but he was annoying. Like he was that's just me. Like he was kind of annoying, but he was fun. But like he would, he was just being weird. Yeah, that's why I like Simon Cowell because he's like has an honest opinion, but you don't have to be rude about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I absolutely loved every one of them. Great. And I'm going to point out why. Okay. I'll get to Simon Cowell last. <laughs> Terry Crews is the bomb. <laughs> yeah. He's, you could tell his heart is in the right place. Mm. And I just remember, you know, he had gone through some things and people were saying things about him. He was Me Too'd. But yeah. he was yeah. the Me Too in the Me Too. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And the insane things that people were coming out saying made no sense. Mm -hmm. You know, we live in a society, as they call it, cancer, uh, cancel culture. And people just have this attitude that if you don't totally agree with me, if you're not in my gang... We just turned, we've turned into a world of gangs. And what I loved about Terry, Terry's just being himself, but he's a beautiful person. When you meet him in person, you get the sincere, the sincerity of his energy comes through. He loves what he does. We both are ex-athletes. We connected on that. We connected on the level of both of us being, uh, you know, seven family, you know, <laughs> people. Sophia, beautiful human being. It all comes across. It's, you can really feel that these people love what they do and 
she's a family person as well. She's a mother. That mothering thing is there. It's intact. You get the energy that is sincere coming from her. Same thing with Heidi. You get that that nurturing energy coming through from her. And then we get to <laughs> Howie. Mm-hmm. You know, here's a person that's been struggling and dealing with his own mm-hmm. situation. But he doesn't say anything that does not make any sense. Everything he's saying is also coming from a good space and a good place. And these are people, he's the kind of person that when he makes a comment about something, the reason why every one of them is there, it may not have to do with music. They all represent people who have gone through their perspective fields of artistic endeavor, and they all have something to give and bring to the table so that when they make a comment, that comment may have something to do with the entire part that they are used to that has to do with the presentation aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So it's like you take what you get from each one of them. And so he made some comments um, that people can say that weren't that good, but I looked at it, it was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. cool." Mm. Because he didn't like the sound. Mm. Um, It was the mix. mix. And so that didn't come across on the show. But he made a comment about it. Mm. Other people look at that and go, oh, there he goes. Mm. He was honest. Simon Cowell, I love to death. And I'll tell you why. It's because he's practical. This is a man who came up in the music industry. He's paid his dues. If he tells you something, he's not going to tell you something because he's arrogant. I think people have misunderstood this guy. It's like he's telling you, he's like, wait a minute. You're wasting your time. You're wasting my time. And maybe you should try doing something else Mm -hmm. or possibly going to get some help to help you get to where you are. But if you think you're going to get in front of my audience and think you're going to make it on this show with this nonsense that you're bringing up here, come on. There are people who have paid dues, who have struggled to get to where they are. And then here you come. It's like it's utterly ridiculous, and I and I, I appreciate that, and that's why I love him because he's he's real, mm-hmm. you know. And if people's feelings are hurt, sometimes sometimes they need a little bit of shock therapy in order for them to get to reality. Right. Because their friends are sitting there egging them on. Man, you ought to go on American Idol, man. Right. You sound good. And here's a person coming on there. The person that told them couldn't sing, you know, <laughs> or hear. Right. And it's like, that's why I, and we were so pleasantly surprised by yeah. this show. Because we, we don't watch TV like that. Mm-hmm. And it had nothing to do with anything personal. But it's like when, when they came at us. Um, because of our lives, it was like, wait a minute, I don't know if I want to do this Hollywood thing. Because we live our lives as community activists and artists. Mm-hmm. And we were, in the, we're actually in the middle of, of finishing our own debut album. Uh-huh. Okay. And we, we had to kind of put that to a halt when we decided, you know, the producer kept trying to get us and saying, look, just come on down. <laughs> Tell you what, we'll take care of everything. And then we said, well, you know, we have never had a vacation. Vacation, yeah. So (laughs) when they said, we'll take care of everything, we said, oh, cool. Hey, y'all, let's go down and have some fun and see what this is about. And we're not going down there to compete. We're just going to just do what we love to do and have fun. And the show was fun. So much fun. It was so, it it was definitely a family situation that... I would love for every family to experience this on some level because, you know, Simon Cowell runs a classy ship. I got to say that. The ship was classy. And everyone was so cordial. And the thing that I also loved was it was like being in a circus. (laughs) Why did they get rid of circuses? I mean, you you could still have a circus with 
if you're taking care of the animals and you're doing the right thing by them, okay. Well, Cirque du Soleil doesn't have animals, right? Yeah, Cirque du Soleil. Right? I don't know. But all the contestants, we're still friends with many of the contestants because there was no one on there with ego. We had maybe one or two. (laughs) They didn't make it on. Well, there you go. (laughs) With egos, we all were genuinely happy for each other and rooting each other on every walk of life that you could think of from gay straight you name it black white whatever we were all loved each other and it was like we rooted for each other yeah. it was like still rooting for and each other and at the same other, yeah. time it felt like we were all part of this big circus right. it was so cool yeah you know and it, it that, that camaraderie felt so good do you feel com- the, do you, sorry to interrupt but do you feel mm-hmm. like the pandemic maybe helped that situation or community feeling i think it made people more willing to reach out um and i think because we've been so separated i feel like it made people more willing to look at each other and open up perhaps in a situation that is set up as a competition Mm -hmm. and coming from my experience I'm very turned off by competitive atmosphere, mm-hmm. and I, I was very worried as we were being guided to a the holding area, area with the other act. Mm-hmm. I was like, I had like, um, I could feel the tightness in my chest. A little anxious. Yeah, and when I walked in and I realized I saw smiles, I saw people just like curious, but I didn't feel that air. Because there's a very specific air when there's competition and so and what's funny is that my husband compared it to the circus two of the acts that have already been on that we've seen in the episodes mm-hmm. they're part of Cirque du Soleil they've oh. been they've had experience they were okay. circus performers oh, interesting and um and to bring in a little music Sly and the Family Stone of which right. we love from San Francisco he said his goal for his music was to be like a circus mm. so it's all kind of <laughs> right we're having all these cyclical things happening which are great but See, um, I, I have a different take on that. Oh, you do? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't believe it was the pandemic. Mm. I believe that you already have to be that way. Oh. I believe that, you know, and I'll give you an example. We had there were there were two acts, two individuals, mm. and they just they were just not nice. But everybody else was just so beautiful, and so. I don't think you need a pandemic to, to show who you really are. You know, we say that when people are under challenges, that's when the real you comes out. And if that's who they were, mm-hmm. I don't think the pandemic brought that out. I think that was genuine, genuinely who these people are, were. And that's what made it so pleasant. Mm, yeah. So I'll... I'll, I'll ask the final question and wrap up here but um what do you think your special sauce is a special sauce I don't know. as okay. a band oh as oh. a band mm-hmm. the, our mom, oh. oh a special mm-hmm. sauce oh kiki wants to say i like that um for me i think it's that the mom for me i think it's that the mom and dad are um singing and playing with the kids like what by special sauce, do you mean like what makes us different? What makes you special? Oh, oh that's your, that's yeah, that's answer. what I think. Yeah, and also um, that we're bringing back old school in like in this new generation, which is not a lot of people are doing, but we're starting to see it. Not really. So. <laughs> yeah, I think just saying like a whole family playing in a band and everybody who sings lead and who plays multiple instruments because sometimes in our lives we switch um, instruments depending on who is uh, singing. So like sometimes I'll be on drums, Isis will Mm. sing lead or Phoenix will uh, be on drums or something like that. But yeah, Um, so I just think all of us being very versatile like that, I think that's, it's not all, just one of us is the whole entire band is and yeah i think that's a special sauce <laughs> special sauce. like the ed special sauce from good burger yeah 
Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order? Okay, special sauce. I can't sauce? add anything because they said everything. Okay. Well, can, can I do a special sauce? Yeah. I uh, I believe this special sauce is. I hope it comes across in the music, mm -hmm. but it's that we genuinely trust each other, and it comes out in the way that. The children are very gracious in terms of if someone has a lead, there's no energy of like, oh, I don't, I don't get that lead. Or they trust in the process that if they're if they're vibing with the song, that they're given that that lead is just that's their it's Isis's for that moment. Mm. They understand that the spotlight is on everyone. And there's no uh, desperation for fame, and they just trust in the process of. Let me say this: it's a trust in the adage that Papa C says: "If you're good to the music, the music will be good to you." Mm. And it's just a summarized. I don't want to say summarized. It's just kind of a commonsensical thing. If you put the time in. You will get things back, and it, it reminds me of like great athletes. People think Kobe Bryant was awesome that he just kind of sprouted up and he was awesome, but he was the first to show up, the last to leave. Same thing with Steph Curry, mm -hmm. Jerry Rice. We were just talking about, but even Papa Steve. People are always amazed at that he's able to play the piano that like he does, or sing, or play the guitar or bass the way he does. And Papa Steve says, you know. I've spent days, 16-hour days practicing. I better be good at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I believe that's what's very special is that our, we've been through a lot as a family. Mm -hmm. And I've learned, Papa C has helped both of us. We've, we've learned to apologize to our, children, to our children when we mess up. Mm -hmm. That's something we definitely did not grow up with. And what that does is that helps to heal our relationship with our children. Because, you know, in the relationship, when you, when you mess up, you might not see it. But then when you apologize and you, you visually see a, a healing happening. I mean, the first time I did it and I saw that healing happen with my daughter Zahara, I remember I got emotional and I was like, that's what I've been deprived of. Mm. And I can't hold a grudge against my parents because they were just trying to survive. Yeah. So that helped heal me in whatever I might have been holding on to with my parents. But that special sauce of that trust and that we like each other. <laughs> we raised our children to like them. And that's been so important because I love being with them. Like us being in L.A. Sh shooting AGT. And even when we were in the holding area, we brought board games we were playing and laughing and it helped because we it, we didn't have time to feel nervous we were just having such a great time we don't get nervous, i was actually. gonna say do you even get nervous no. anymore no. <laughs> no. sometimes this one right here will get a little weird but, but she doesn't really get she gets excited um so this is just me but like i wasn't nervous i'm sorry Okay. <laughs> but, um, Excited. I, but, yeah, yeah. But, uh, one thing is that after we performed on AGT and when it aired, like, doing the national anthem for the Giants and, like, the other stages, I don't get as nervous anymore. It's just like, because I performed on, because I, ah. Uh, <laughs> Because I, I know that I performed, me and my family, uh, we performed on AGT, and I just, I don't know, it kind of changed how I felt going on big stages. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Um, for me, um, I only get nervous of like how it sounded, like yeah. if, the, yeah. if the music sounded good. Yes. I'm not really um, like concerned about like how, like how I am on stage. Well, I am, like, you know, because I have to perform. But, yeah, that's really what I get nervous about. Special sauce. Yes. Special sauce. And we'll end it with you, Papa C. Special sauce. First of all, it's fun. We laugh a lot. Um, 
laughter. We have such high regard for comedians. Um, on some levels, I think we regard comedians more than we do musicians because it's like, that's special, to be able to, to bring that kind of healing um, to people. Special sauce is creative freedom. The special sauce is fun laughter. And at the heart of all of that, you can love someone, but if you don't like them, it's love and like. Love and like, you know, it's, it's, that's, and I don't like to say permission, but let's just use that word, permission to make mistakes. You know, I, I teach them, okay, if you hit the wrong note, do it again. So people think you did it on purpose. <laughs> and then clean it up. Right. That's the way I was taught by some of the greatest. I've been blessed, you know, to really be, in, to have been nurtured by some of the greatest musical icons in the business. And these are some of the things that I'm able to impart to my family. And that's the special sauce. It's, it's, it's love and like. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to say thank you on behalf of Storied San Francisco and Bitch Talk for Yay. spending time this afternoon with us. Thank you. It was and, an honor to and be and here. And being engaged. So thank you so much in real life. Nice to meet you. Yes, yeah, really nice, nice to meet you, you too. You it was all. really fun. Oh, good. Both podcasts. Oh, thank you. <laughs> If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions. 